drive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Welcome everybody to another episode of Golf Picks with the Plotniks. This is the Century Tournament of Champions. We are in 2023 and we are back. As always, I am Dino the Pig. I'm joined by the farmer, my own brother, Jared Plotnik. 2023, our third year doing Golf Picks with the Plotniks. How are you feeling? I am feeling great refreshed ready to be back i mean golf is a grind as we all know uh kind of was running on fumes at the end of last year now we've had a few months really to decompress get fired up again and uh doing great i mean big plus 140 unit season for me last year first time really keeping uh tabs on a weekly basis uh, but i still think i left some on the table there right so eight outright winners we're gonna try to do better than that this year brandon yeah, I left a lot on the table as well. I don't know how many runner-ups or top fives I could possibly have in the outright market, but that's what happens when you try to find value down the board. And we come off of a season with the most outright winners within 20 to 1 odds in the history of PGA Tour and betting. But hey, we can't always look back. We must look forward. I'm pretty fired up. And as always, we are presented by Bet the Farm Podcast. Go subscribe, rate, review, resubscribe, unsubscribe, re-rate, review. It's the whole shebang. We love our followers and listeners. Appreciate you guys. Really fired up for year three. And as you mentioned, one thing that's going to be talked about all week this week is how many guys have not played in three or four months, had a nice offseason. We don't know what kind of form they're going to be in. Well, guess what? I I feel the same way as them. You have a really long season, week in and week out, grinding, looking at the numbers, trying to get some the best possible bets in, you know, sweating those out all throughout the Fridays at the cut lines and then on the, on the weekends, Sundays, you know, go, go to the playoffs. I mean, you, we go through a lot of shit, too. I don't think that people realize the blood, sweat and tears that goes into the betting market as well. So, hey, we'll see how reinvigorated we truly are but it's great to be back after a little hiatus we needed some time off so i'm ready to jump right into it we are at the tournament of, uh, tournament of champions we're heading over to hawaii getting to get my luau on and we're going to kapalu at the plantation course this is a par 73 only three par threes here pretty rare for a par 73 to throw in an extra four 7500 yards here on Bermuda grass green. It's a little bit of a different Bermuda grass. It's not like the mainland Bermuda grass you'll find in the Southeast in the United States, but Bermuda grass, nonetheless, our previous winner here, no longer on the PGA tour went over to live golf. That is cam Smith at minus 34. Yeah. That should speak volumes to everybody out there. This is going to be a birdie fest. 2021 Harris English. We've seen Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas again, Dustin Johnson, who will not be in attendance because he's not on the PGA Tour anymore. Jordan Spieth's one here, Patrick Reed. So if you don't know anything about this, they call it the Tournament of Champions. In order to qualify to play in this event, you have had to won the year prior. There's only 30 guys, 39 guys in the field, but they did change it up this year. If you made it to East Lake, so the top 50 guys in the FedEx Cup last season, even if you didn't win on tour, you did get an invite. So there are going to be some other names out there on the board. All right. Let's jump right into the course. If you haven't listened to Golf Picks with the Plotnix, it's your first time. We'd like to talk a little bit, you know, 
to shoot the shit for a, a tad bit, jump into the course, talk about some of the weather, and then just jump right into the card. We'll, we'll kind of run through every portion of the card from the, the, the outright favorites all the way down to the long shots, tell you what we like, give you some stats, and let you guys help or help you guys make your own decisions. And at the end, we'll give you some matchups we like. If, if we're into a first-round leader or some type of prop, top 10, top 20, you know, we'll throw that out there as well. That being said, let's jump into the course, Kapalua, the plantation course. JP, we've seen this tournament year in and year out. I think this has been on the PGA circuit for over 30 years. We know this course like the back of our hands. Tell everybody out there everything they need to know when you're looking to bet on a golfer this week. Yeah, absolutely love this course. It's, as you kind of mentioned, three par threes, little funky design, ton of par fours, and the par four is going to be more different. You have eight of them that are under 425 yards, uh, which I'll get into a little bit later when we go into some of my picks. And then you have, I think it's three or four of them that are over 500 yards, right? So completely different style. Par fours on this course, a lot of undulation. You're going to get a lot of rollouts. Huge fairways, biggest on tour. Even if you miss the fairways, the ref is uh, the ref. The rough is uh, is pretty much non-existent. Um, you're going to have St. Andrew S greens probably the in the last year. Those will be the two largest greens that you'll see on uh, throughout the entire PGA Tour. And and kind of like you mentioned, there's only one defense of this course, and that's the wind. So it's looking like uh, wind's going to be a little down. So we're going we're gonna to see a lot of birdies and eagles this week. Yeah, another thing to mention certainly is those wide fairways, some of the widest fairways that you'll find on the PGA Tour, a.k.a. guys that are a little bit wayward typically on off the tee might have a little bit of a better shot this week, and I'm sure we'll dive deeper into that as we get into some player profiles. But you mentioned it. One thing I wanted to mention as well, you mentioned how – there's some long par four. So you're going to have to be good with your long irons. We see a lot of approach shots from 225 yards plus, especially with the par fives on the course, but also because there's such short par fours and think some of these holes are downhill downwind. Some of these guys are going to be able to drive some of these greens or at least get close to it, maybe within the 30 to 70 range yards. And so guys that are good in that short wedge or even around the greens I'll be looking at guys that are good around the greens. I, I mean, they're not going to miss many GIRs, but if you are around the green in two, you got to have some good short game, give yourself a chance at some easy birdies. Just a, a little. And then the other thing I wanted to just, I mean, there's nothing you could really point to in regards to handicapping and looking up data and statistics, but you mentioned the undulation on the greens, but I mean, undulation on the entire course, they're going to have uphill lies, downhill lies. It's apparently one of the hardest courses to walk on the PGA tour. It's, I mean, it's just complete Hills all over the place. So something to keep in mind, this is not a course where you'd want to be backing a 2023 tiger woods per se. That being said, you touched on the weather. I will pull up. Windfinder.com. If you do not go or if you have never been on windfinder.com, it is the best wind app for weather across the nation. And what I'm seeing here, I mean, Thursday looking at like seven to nine mile per hour winds with minimal gust, maybe a, maybe two miles per hour. Then we get like 10 to 13 miles per hour on Friday with no gust. Saturday, it's another calm day. In that nine to 10 mile per hour range with minimal gusts and Sunday again, 
I mean, this is just going to be ideal weather as of right now. I mean, this is on the coast in Hawaii. You never know when things could pick up. But as of right now, this looks like ideal, optimal scoring uh, conditions. Jeez, I don't know why I couldn't spit that one out. I thought my screen froze for a second. So yeah, I'm hoping that on the podcast, everybody, like when they listen to the audio, they're like, Oh, I guess it just cut out for a second because we do do this on Zoom, you know. So, hey, if you ever hear me uh, fuck up again, maybe I'll just pretend that that's what happened next time. But, hey, sometimes I can't get the one word that I want to say out of my mouth. That's just because I have so many fucking words to say. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You do talk a lot. So Yeah, I know. That's just part of, you know, hosting a podcast. But anyways, let's jump right into the board, shall we? Your outright favorite, of course, is John Rom. I have pulled up odds checker just because I know we have a lot of listeners that are across the country, have all different types of books, whether I'm, I'm not going to have anything offshore here, but Jared, feel free to, to pull up since we do live in Florida. It's a little bit different. Oh, for us. I already got up my site, my friend. Yeah. Let's and and eh, we'll see, but on odds checker, at least I can get a myriad of the main sports books that people will use. And John Rom looking at about a six and a half to one favorite across the board. You got Patrick Cantley at 10 to one Scotty Scheffler in the eight to 10 range as well. And Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley also in that 10 to one, 11 to one range. Now people keep in mind, like I mentioned earlier, this is a no cut event, 39 golfers. That's it. So of course, the top of the board is going to have very minimal odds. My question to you, Jared, is do we attack the top of the board and minimize our card knowing that the field is smaller and then not have as much exposure? What, what, how are you planning on attacking this? Yeah, I mean, it's each your own when it comes to this, right? That's completely up to you. I tend to be one that I like to hang out in the 20 to 50 range when it comes to my picks and get a little more bullets, so to speak. Other people, I mean, last year, I mean, we'll, we'll end up seeing if it's an outlier a lot or, or not, but a lot of the top guys when it came to the odds list were winning outrights. Um, so again, some people this year may want to audible and start going towards the top of the board. But me personally, when it comes to this week, I look at the top of the board, I can make a case for pretty much all five of the guys at the top that are 11 to one or less between Rom, Scheffler, Thomas, Cantlay, Shoffley, make a case for all of them. If anyone, I would just bite a bullet on JT probably at 11 to one, but in these situations where I can make a case for everyone and I still like guys down the board, I'd rather take two guys at 20 to one, which uh, foreshadowing is what I did. than take one of these guys at 11 to one. Absolutely fair enough. And the reason that some of these odds are the way they are outside of being the top five to 10 players in the entire world, you got John Rom coming in. He's never finished outside the top five here, including two runner ups in the last five years. JT's won here twice and also has a third, a third and a fifth and can't lay two top fives here. Sanders Shoffley's one here runner up and had a top five here as well. I mean, it's just ridiculous. These guys eat this course alive. So, yeah. And let me just, just quickly just elaborate a little bit more. The other reason, especially in this tournament where I don't think I'll, I mean, I may never go underneath 20 to one. And that's simply because in order for me to just make a stand on one of these stud guys, I need to see some, normally it's like some recent form coming in playing like pretty damn good. Um, and I, we don't have that. These guys have just spent the, uh, 
time with their families for the holidays. You have no idea how much they've been playing, who's been great. So to me, trying to pick between one of these guys would be hard enough because they're all so good. And then you put in that variance of none of them have been playing recently. And for that reason, I'm out. I agree. I, you know, anybody that's listened to the show a long time, <laughs> you know, I, I don't really eat the top of the board ever. This is actually, I did tell my brother one thing we talked about off the air. I said, I think I'm going to adjust my betting style this year, knowing how many runner ups and top fives I had last year. And, you know, only had about five outright hitter uh, winners on the PGA tour. Although I will, I am not going to toot my own horn, but had about four or three or four European winners in a two month span. So I'll add that to the arsenal, but I did want to change up a little bit of my betting tactics. And I think I'm going to start leaning. If I think a guy is going to win, just take him. If that's what you think, if you think the guy's going to win, take him, especially look, if you're a cat casual gambler out there and you're just watching to have fun, like, and you, and you don't really care about how much money you're putting like down or whatever, like, Hey, I just want to risk a hundred dollars to watch the tournament this week. Look, then just bet on a guy you like at the end of the day, but we're going to look at this from a season long perspective and try to, you know, optimize how much money that we're using and, and willing to spend. So what I was going to, after having said all that, the guy I was liking the most was Xander Shoffley here has won here before absolutely dominates this track. Problem is came out as of eh, say late yesterday and early today, he pulled out of the pro-am and they didn't know if it was an injury or if it was something personal and it came out today that it is due to injury. And for that reason, I am out. And so, so for anybody out there that hasn't seen this news and you're listening to this podcast, make sure do a little bit of research on that. You know, any guy come that pops up with an injury, think about any sport, you know, obviously it's something to keep your eye on and maybe not want to invest your money in. All right. We'll move down the board. We got Tony Finau, Sung J.M., Cam Young, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Matthew Fitzpatrick, all within this 14 to 1 to 20 to 1 area. I think this is going to be the most popular popular area that people bet, at least for the non-casual bettors, to find some value here. I'm seeing, you know, I, the big steam that we're seeing so far, certainly on Sung JM, it probably opened around 22 to 25, already down to 17, 16s in certain places, 18 to 1 on most. And uh, I'm sorry, um, I wouldn't say steam, but seeing a little bit of steam on Morikawa and Cam Young as well. I think Victor Hovland also opened up at 25. Um, and actually, Fitzpatrick's the one that has trickled down, opened, I believe, at 16. Is already, I'm seeing 22s out there. So just uh, something to keep an eye on as you look at the market. But Jared, tell me who's caught your eye and why. Yeah, I'm starting my card at 20 to 1 with Cameron Young. Okay. And Look, just the way I look at this course, I think he sets up perfectly. He is a debutante, never played here before. Some people claim that that's an issue for them. For me, not so much. I'm not seeing many people on Cam Young this week, which is kind of why I like it. But I like it more for just my own handicap and what I see at this course that I think he will excel at perfectly. We mentioned earlier the eight par fours that are under 425 yards. Um, and with this I mean, wind may not be a factor from what we're seeing now, but you never know with wind. But when, with this undulations on some of these holes that are just straight downhill, Cam Young, number one in driving distance in 2022 on the PGA Tour. Number one, what's his one deficiency with his driver? He he tends he's not the most accurate with it. What what do you not care about this week? 
inaccuracy. I like to target the driver, the guys who struggle with the drivers, but really zone in on other parts of their game here. So I think I could see Cam Young ripping up a lot of these par fours, like driving up within 50, uh, 50 yards of, of the green, like with ease. Now, what is Cam Young's kind of dis- uh, deficiencies? What's he not really good at? His approach numbers. He wasn't really good that last year uh, between 100, 200. I mean, just, not awful, but just I'd say on average, he's probably middle of the pack. Where, where is he great? Uh, well, on approaches from 50 yards to 125, he was 11th on tour. Approaches from 50 to 75 yards, he was 9th on tour. Are you guys catching a drift here? Kind of what I'm alluding to. I see on a course like this, he's going to be bombing the ball all the way down, having these short little approaches that he's really good at, ranking in the top 10 in the PGA Tour. And the guy can get hot with his putter. He's a one, his one putt percentage was third on the PGA Tour last year. So um, all things considered, I think this is a perfect kind of course fit for Cam Young, as opposed to not even those par fours. What maybe some struggles, we talked about those long par fours. Well, a lot those are the greens that if anyone's going to be missing, they're going to be missing. And, okay, I have the guy that's a really good scrambler around the greens and is really good at one putts. So I think this course just fits Cam Young to a T. Um, I don't care that he hasn't played it before. I, I don't care that his approach numbers aren't that good because I think those uh, that's kind of mitigated here, especially with only par threes. We don't have to worry about four par threes that he's going to have to hit those approaches with. So, I mean, I'm really excited about Cam Young this week. And I, I mean, I, as long as that putter is working for him, which he, it tends to, uh, I don't see how he won't be in competition come Sunday. You do not have to yank my chain to get me to bet on Cameron Young. If you listen I don't know to, if I ever have either, which is why I'm excited. Like that, And I'm the opposite. You know, at the end of last year, I, I kept, <laughs> I was, I was trying my hardest. I was betting on him left and right. And I mean, it's just so many good finishes. I know I remember I had him as at the rocket mortgage at a good number and finishes T2. Uh, he was a runner up at the open finished top three at the PGA uh, runner up at the Wells Fargo top three at RBC. I mean, incredible year that he had, of course, but I just remember being on him quite a few times. One thing I wanted to mention about him before we move on is recent form. I know that recent form isn't a real thing necessarily because some of these guys took a lot of time off, but I'd also argue that some of these guys did play some of these swing season events and look only a few weeks ago, hero hero world challenge tigers golf course in Albany. I know it's a small field, but the guy finishes in third place and gains eight strokes on the field. On top of that, he played in two swing season events, the CJ cup and the Zozo not great finishes, the one tournament that we do have strokes gain data on was the CJ Cup, which was in South Carolina. The guy gained 5.1 on approach, 5.27 ball striking, and he just lost two strokes putting and 1.4 around the green and still gained 3.8 on, on the field for a T23 finish. But, I mean, like you mentioned, if the bread and butter is typically not the approach play and that's what, where he gained most of his strokes, that that's something to, that you want to – it's a good takeaway for something that didn't happen too long ago. I mean, he's a young guy. He's 26. He obviously addicted to the game. So I wouldn't be too scared of recent form or the fact that this is his first time playing this course. Look, it was the first time he played any of the majors <laughs> and he finished top five exactly. and top uh, five and two of them. So oh, and the one last thing I want to touch on with him that I didn't mention before was that, um, yeah, just a little tap on the back. We got off to a hot start last year. I, I had Cameron Smith. And for similar reasons, I thought the course fit was great. But guess where else we had Cameron Smith? Uh, 
over at the open at St. Andrews, which I think is a pretty much like a little comp course. Guess who came runner up one shot back Cameron Young. So uh, again, what Cameron Young do there, just pound the ball up to these greens on those par fours, just chip it up, make that one putt and just birdie, 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 birdie. I really, I think this is a, it, it doesn't like course wise, this course is a lot longer than St. Andrews, but otherwise just the way it's designed par four wise, I think it's, um, I think that these courses couldn't be kind of um, more comparable than really anything else. So I really like that comp. Absolutely. Yeah. In this range, you got the, uh, so the other guys in the range, you know, the Finau, I think Finau is just too short of a number. He's too hot. He has never played well here before. There's the narrative that he always brings his kids here because he's kind of got family from the area and he's just got a little bit too much on his mind because he's got a lot of kids and, uh, but either way, I just think the number is the reason I'm out. I mean, I love his form. He's looked phenomenal, won three times in his last seven starts. Just uh, I don't think I can get that low. I feel like you're probably on the same page considering you're attacking this 20 to one range. And then uh, the other two guys I wanted to rule out were Victor Hovland. I mean, this guy has been atrocious at this at this track. He's played here twice and he's finished in the bottom five, uh, bottom 10, I believe, in both tries. Sometimes courses don't fit guys' eyes. I mean, look at the guys that we mentioned, how consistent they were at the top of the board. And maybe there's a thing to being consistent at the bottom of the board. So I don't like the course fit uh, and the number. Fitzpatrick, I just, this is not the type of track I like for him. I think you'll be the number one guy to attest to this, where Matt Fitzpatrick is just like Will Zaltoris, who we can rule out already, is the type of guy that you want at a tournament like a U.S. Open, which you just won, where scores are going to be much higher, a.k.a. like a minus 8, minus 10, where you got to grind it out versus trying to win a birdie fest. And we just saw Cam Smith win this at minus 34. I don't think Matt Fitzpatrick has that type of style of game. So for that, I rule him out. And then I look in this area, and I kind of have to make a decision between Sung J.M. and Colin Morikawa. You and I think very similarly, and I assume you're kind of in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, I harped on it all last year. I mean, there's no golfers, I think, that are user handicap than Zalatoris and Matt Fitzpatrick, similar kind of molds. Uh, but, yeah, they just play a lot better on tougher tracks. Uh, I'm out there. And, yeah, 20 to 1, I also – I rode the chalk here, which popular play this week, but for good reason. And I'm going with my hero, Sung JM, at 20 to 1. Luckily, I grabbed the 20 to 1. Uh, earlier that popped up for a second because again like, like you mentioned before he's been getting steamed down but um a little less for the course fit per se but he has uh he, he's had good results at this yeah. track to begin with in finished two tries. Eighth, eighth last year and top five the year before yeah and I, I always want look he's just all well-rounded he's he's he always pops in all four categories his driving has been impeccable recently not as important here of course uh but still good to see his approach game, just really solid. The main thing I love about him is his scrambling is just top-notch. Uh, I'd say top five scrambler on the PGA Tour. Uh, I think he – yeah, he ranked fifth last year in scrambling on the PGA Tour. So, I'm a sharp pat on the back. Uh, lost, and his putting. He, he's he always lost been a, two games or two <laughs> he two lost, games. He lost strokes gained two times on the PGA Tour since April on a short game. And yeah, he's on, not going the entire season. And one yeah. of them was minus 10 at the Open, which – I don't know if, which actually does goes against a little bit of what you said, uh, but I don't think the short game is going to be as important as it is at a place like St. Andrews. And then only lost one. Oh, guess what? The only other place he lost it was 
at the Scottish Open the week before. And so overseas in Europe, maybe that's just not his style, but hey, we're still on technically in the United States. Yeah, I, let me just clarify here. When I'm talking scrambling, I understand you're probably if you're listening, if you're consuming a lot of content um, on, on a weekly basis here, or especially this week, you're going to be hearing a lot of people say that scrambling is not important. So many greens are hit here uh, and that it's not that important. I agree. But why I'm referencing these scrambling statistics are because I believe a lot of these guys are going to be driving balls up to the green where you're going to be scrambling just like you normally scramble on a par four uh, on any given course that has this statistic. So I'm looking for scrambling as in what are you going to want birdies? Yeah. So let's hit the ball up on this par four or miss this par five around the green. And we're getting, even though that's not technically a scramble uh, in the statistical category, that's what we're going to want for birdies, 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 which you're going to need this week. I agree. Sung Jay is also my hero. I, what's, what's, what, you, what, uh, the number you said you got? 20 to one. I got, I'm, I mean, since then I got it this morning. I, I'm seeing 18. If you shop around, you maybe be able to find one. Uh, but I got 20 to one. Okay. I can dig it. I have not finalized my full card. The one guy I have definitely locked in is a Cameron Young. And let's keep moving down the board as we get to this 20 to 30 range. Now things start to get a little bit interesting. We start with Jordan Spieth, who is 20 at some places, 25 to one at others. He's won here before, actually has a pretty good track history here, mainly due to the fact that of these wide fairways, he's able to get away with some of those wayward drives. Some people have comped this to Augusta. I don't know about all that just due to the undulation, wider fairways and ability to attack these greens. You got Sam Burns, 25 to 28, Tom Kim. You could find him 20 to one or 30 to one. I mean, what a he's getting steamed in some places and not. And then you got the Will Zalatoris and Max Homas of the world. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, there's roommate cases for some of these guys, but. Uh, when you take two guys at 20 to one, I, I have no ammunition left in here. If anything, uh, I like, how can you not like Tom Kim at 30 to one? The kid has just been so impressive. And in a course where you're going to have to make putts, uh, like you're going to have to make it here. I mean, he's already established himself as one of the best putters on the PGA tour. So also I, I, I mean, again, it was between Sung Jay or maybe taking him or Sam Burns. I like I'm seeing a 30 to one as well, but Sam Burns, always like him on Bermuda. He can get a little erratic with the driver. I think this is a good course fit for him. So if you're not into eating a couple guys at 20 to 1, uh, I'd take a hard look at Tom Kim and Sam Burns because they just missed my cut. Yeah, I'd say that of all of the guys that I like in this range and the one I think I'm actually going to pull the trigger on, I think I'm going to go with Tom Kim here. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but bear with me here. I mean, ever since he broke onto the scene, on the PGA, which was at the, the Scottish Open, finished third place. Nobody knew who he was. It was $6,400 in DraftKings that week. Finishes top five. And then just goes on this absolute tear. Top 10 at the Rocket Mortgage. Wins the Wyndham Championship. T13 at the FedEx St. Jude. I, wins again at the Shriners over this swing season. T25 Zozo, T11 CJ Cup, and then T10 at the world at the hero. I mean, this guy's ball striking is bonkers. In that span, he has not 
he he's gained over five strokes ball striking in one, two, three, four, five, seven of the last 10 events. I mean, that's that's pretty wild to have in ball striking and tee to green play. And look, he's not even a bad putter. I mean, I wouldn't say he's great, but he's got the pop weeks. You know, the week he won at Wyndham gains 12 strokes putting. The week he won at Shriner, six. I mean, when you, and that was only within a few weeks of each other. So you could, can't really call it a fluke. The kid's an absolute stud. He gains putting more often than he loses. The, the, I don't see, and he also bombs the ball super long off the tee. I don't see how he isn't a good course fit here. I think he's going to make a big name for himself this year. Why not start it off here? So I, I, I'm big into Tom Kim, and I think I just talked myself into betting him this week. And I'm going to have two debutantes this week. Keep fading me, people that say that you need course history here. Yeah, and, and the more I look, I mean, honestly, even though I've already finalized my card, which I hate, the more I'm liking Sam Burns for the like very similar mold to Cameron Young, in my opinion. So that big handicap I gave for him, very inaccurate off the tee, but hits the ball a long way, still ranks 30th on the PGA Tour in, in distance, and just a phenomenal putter, as everyone knows, especially on Bermuda. And from that key short distance that I referenced, I mean, 50 to 125 yards, 7th, 125 fourth on the PGA Tour in approach. So I really like Sam Burns the more, the more I've dived in. Yeah, one thing that throws me off with Sam Burns is withdrew from a tournament in November and then out of 14 guys finished 12th at the Hero. I don't – I mean, it could be something lingering there. That's fair. Well, he's not on my card, so hopefully he doesn't win. Well, I'm just, just saying for, for, for everybody out there thinking about yeah, it, there might it. be a lingering exactly. in, injury going on here. That's been a little while, though, now, a few weeks at least, but – I mean, yeah, Point he went, went through November, but a month later played the hero, and it's been a month since, but I don't know. Sometimes these things linger. I don't know about an outright, but certainly think maybe a sneaky DraftKings play. I know he's going to have super low ownership. Speaking of guys with low ownership, let's just get to, and we'll call it the long shot range because there's probably only about 10 to 15 guys left, and it starts with, Will Zalatoris, which is weird to call him a long shot, but he kind of is at this 30-1 to 1 range. Him, Max Homa, Aaron Wise, Matsuyama, Adam Scott, Brian Harmon, Figala, kind of, I'd say, the cream of the crop of the long shots. Now, the reason Max Homa is what he is, he has atrocious, very bad course history here, having played twice. But I'd argue this is a different, different Max Homa. Now, he did just have a kid. Who knows the – you know, you can bring out any narrative there. At the same time, you could say the th- same thing about Will Zalatoris that I was just talking about, Sam Burns. He has not played, I believe, since, was it August? I believe he hasn't played since August. He won the tournament, and then the playoffs came around, and he withdrew. Uh, I don't know if he had surgery or whatever, but he uh, took care of his body, and he's been rehabbing, and this is his first tournament since. It's going to be about a five-month layoff or so. So I think a lot of people are a little shook by him not having some recent tournaments under his belt. And Hideki is the one I think that's just wildly mispriced. This guy, I mentioned, you know, the fact that he's contended here in the past, he's got great course history. He was coming off of a little bit of a neck injury. And that's why this whole range is basically injury guys. Uh, He's coming. He was coming off a little bit of a neck injury, but Played at the President's Cup. It's not like he didn't. Like, he never showed any signs of pain. Uh, uh, Seems mispriced to me. What do you think about this range? 
Yeah, I bit the bullet here with Hideki at 45 to one. Uh, again, fits my mold of guys that he, he gets in himself in a lot of trouble with just a really erratic uh, driver. So driving accuracy percentage, he was 220th on the PGA Tour last year. So not very good when it comes to that, but he does hit the ball kind of far still. Even with the neck injury last year, he was 40th on the PGA Tour in driving distance. And what do you want from Hideki Matsuyama? You want a guy that's hitting out of the fairway and he can just tap into those electric irons. I mean, number one on the PGA Tour last year still from 125 to 150, the key wedge range. And, I mean, he's – I just – I think that I want to buy low on a guy who is in the prime of his career at 30 years old, coming off a neck injury. He's now had months and months of rest ever since the President's Cup. He's got to be healthy now. He's got to be ready to go. He won in Hawaii last year when he was healthy at the Sony. Um, he's finished in the top five here three times in, in five times that he's played. Came second, third, and fourth. I mean, this uh, this just seems like a great spot for Hideki at a, a longer number. When you have guys like, Pow- like Seamus Power and Brian Harmon with similar numbers, um, I- I'm sorry. I just I think that it's a good setup for him. And he's too good of a player to have this number. I'm on a decky 45 to one. Yeah. I was mentioning like just that recent form of, of a decky with the injury, but what I didn't, I failed to realize. And I just noticed now similar to Sam Burns did withdraw his last start at the Houston open, but it's worth noting he was completely out of contention. Could call that due to injury. Could call that whatever, but it was the Houston open (laughs) very well. He was gaining negative six strokes ball striking maybe he just was just wanted to get the hell out of there and start his off season which that was two months ago so two months off not playing golf i think that he should be in a bounce back spot here and you know prior to that had been in some decent form so nothing great certainly no great finishes but i'll tell you what the putters come around i'm just looking at the strokes gain number he has gained in five straight tournaments that we have strokes gain data on so hey something to think about yeah it is i mean look we all know this is a tournament where you're gonna have to putt just <laughs> let's call a spade a spade here i agree all right let's just get to and finish out these long shot bets certainly not going to go name by name there's not that many guys left but what are we thinking for a long shot here yeah, I mean, look, this is not the type of tournament where I really want to dabble with many long shots. Uh, I almost wasn't going to have one on the card, but come on. When I have to, if you're a longtime listener, no one's made me more money on the PGA Tour than none other than Tom Hoagie. Uh, nice outright win last week, last year at Pebble. We hit him first-round leader last year. Uh, also had a tie of a first-round lead with him. Uh, Tom Hoagie has just treated me really well. And I think he's, it's a good course fit for him. A uh, common theme that I've continued to talk about an inaccurate driver of the golf ball that he's one of them 152nd on tour in driving accuracy percentage. Well, guess what? That's not going to really matter this week for him. So uh, he's not the longest hitter of the, of the golf ball either off the tee, but that's fine. What do we want Tom Hoagie doing? Hitting wedges. He's elite, elite wedge player, 100, 125 yards, third on the PGA tour last year. Um, from that key range that I told you, I like 50 to 125 this, this week, 12th on, on tour. Um, <clears throat> this just seems like, Look, it's, it's a long shot for a reason, but
but we oh yeah also we hit him at the team event with the gala a few weeks ago he he was really he looked really well was rolling the rock Jeez, very well what is that, three of, times on the well yeah. i guess in the calendar year that you hit on him yeah i mean i can continue to take i could bet hoagie for the next five years and still <laughs> and he ne- never win one and be profitable so uh this is kind of more just like i want to say a homer play i just think that i mean he's a i like guys that are elite with something and, and on this course if you're going to want to go really low you're gonna have to hit a lot of balls right near the cup. And that's what he does with his irons. And it's from the key ranges that I think he's going to see a lot of this week. So as if the wind's down and he's locked in, like he looked a few weeks ago and he just gets that putter rolling, which he did a pebble for the win. I can see Tom Hoagie in contention come Sunday. I can dig it. Right? The Hoagie master might have to make myself a nice Italian on a Hoagie later tonight. Yeah, I, I'm starving now. So let's get the matchups. Like, <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, there's nobody at the bottom here that yeah. even remotely interests me. People are biting the bullet on Brian Harmon. Get out of here with that. I was, you could fucking, you can take him as a top ten maybe if you want, but betting him outright. I mean, come on, just you know, I'd call Ain't my you, cup of tea. Ain't yeah, my cup no, of tea. I, I'd call you an idiot. That's what I would do. All right, let's get. What is that to, like an Italian voice? Like an Italian? Yeah, voice? Yeah, already, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking that'd be, that'd be idiot. Work. You fucking uh, gabagoo. Ah, ha, ha. It's me, the gabagoo. <laughs> All right, let's get to some matchups. I have not even looked at them, but guess what? There's a ton on these books, man. They're offering like a shit ton, basically more than there are even players in the tournament. So mix and matching, you know, I'd say at the top of the board, man, I don't know. Do I attack this Xander Shoffley injury opportunity with Finau? Yeah, I mean, it could have just been something really, really light, no, not big of a deal. I don't know. For me, it's it's really not my cup of tea, personally. Okay. Um, I mean, you can if you want. I'm just giving my opinion. You ask me a question. All right, what have you locked in? And then I'm going to kind of sift through these, see what I like off that catches my eye. Well, I haven't technically locked any in. And Give me a second as my computer is freezing on me. Um, but, uh, the one I, I definitely locked in already that I liked was, and for obvious reasons, if this is, um, <laughs> if this isn't your first time watch or listening, you know, that I like to attack the guys in my outright market. And that's what I did with Hideki plus a hundred over William Zalas Torres. All right. You know, we want to, we want to fade him. We want to fade him. We want to fade him. And that's what we're doing here. So I took that, um, trying to filibuster. Sorry, everyone has this. For some so, reason, bet online just being real. Oh, okay, there we go. We're getting there now. <laughs> I know what you're doing. No, I really am though. It's like the tabs are like so hidden on bet online, and I didn't want to do it on my regular book for another reason. But um, a guy low key that I kind of like. I'm not going to take him in the matchup, but I do like Mackenzie Hughes for a track like this. Again, fits my trend. Really bad driver of the golf ball erratic driver of the golf ball but taps into that elite short game that he has he's going against adam svenson a little juicy for me uh not my cup of tea but just someone i think that low owns a dfs that i really uh am looking forward to targeting um other than that oh yeah cam young plus 100 over fitzpatrick that's that's definitely a pick for me we again i'm gonna it's nice that two of my ponies that i have this week are getting plus money against two guys that i want to fade so those are locked in matchups. Absolutely. And then uh, I'm going to go Burns over Homa. 
Um, <clears throat> a little juicy, a little scary, but kind of what I told you, course fit. I like Burns here. I wanted to get a little exposure to him since I don't have him in the outright market. It was either Spur Burns over Homa or Burns over Spieth. And I know you'd literally freak out and start yelling at the top of your lungs <laughs> about betting against Spieth. So, um, yeah, I chose to go against Homa instead. Hey, he's won here before. Can Sam Burns say the same? I don't know. You know what I like at the top? Give me John Rahm over Scotty Scheffler. It's a little juicy, but I honestly like when I was just like thinking about the board and stuff, the reason I decided to go so far down the board, like in my opinion, was because I just think John Rahm is going to have the grossest season ever, and I'm so scared of him. Like, Can I'm, you confirm gross? What, what what gross you're referring to? Like a, like an unbelievable season. I think he's oh, okay. he might rattle off like five to seven wins this year. Like now that like I think that this is going to be such a different year. I've already seen on Twitter that at the American Express and the Sanderson Farms, which typically are like kind of butt tournaments with like in terms of strength of field, that all the studs are like committing to these events, and it's because of this whole like live controversy like matchup that they've got and they just like had all these meetings recently and they obviously made these elevated events like this is an elevated event and those aren't even elevated events and like the studs are like showing up to them i think that i don't know i, I don't really know how they're planning their schedules this year maybe that was part of the conversation was hey guys like you guys got to pick up some of some of these bigger tournaments i or, or something or pick up more of these tournaments that aren't as big so that we can elevate them and stuff. I don't, maybe sponsorships are included and it gets them more money. I have no idea, but some of the names that I saw like committed already to those tournaments that are like a month away, that really impressed me. I just think John Rom's going to go on an absolute tear this year playing in a shit ton of events. It's a hot take, man. I don't think it's a hot take. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Of course it's not a hot take. No, well, I mean, my hot, I guess, yeah, no, I know it's not a hot take to say John Rahm's going to have a big year, but he only won one tournament on the PGA Tour last year. So I just said five yeah, to seven. It doesn't even count. It wasn't in the continental U.S. and it was against a, bu a bunch of bums. So in my personal record book, zero wins on the PGA Tour last year. So saying five to seven, hey, maybe it is a hot take. <laughs> um, right, I might put, yeah, I might place the bullet on Fina over Shoffley. Yeah, I, maybe I dig too deep and hey, I can blame myself later for it, but. Hey, it's what it is. Uh, let's see what else. I'm just going to scroll through real quick. I like Cam Young over Victor Hovland. I don't know if you said that already. I was No, distracted. it's over Fitzpatrick instead. That's the one that's better. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is. You're right. I'd rather not go against uh, Hovland. I see a lot of love for him. It's kind of a good course fit for him. And kind of like I mentioned, it fits my personal model of a comp course is the St. Andrews where Hovland came in third. If you want to fade Spieth, I like Homo over Spieth more than I like Burns over Spieth. I just like, I can never get a good read on Homo. So I mean, he's hot. I mean, like I mean, he's well, yeah. Brandon. I mean, I man, I, he's I, hot. I didn't call him sexy. I just called him hot. I don't know the way you said it. That sounded like it was just like you like how he's looking, dad swag, and everything. Yeah, Matsuyama over Zalatoris. So that, that that plus money is pretty nice. I can dig oh, it. Sounds like you're telling me on the matchups. I'm proud of you. Well, let's say hold on. I'm almost at the end of it here. Let's see what we got. <laughs> uh, ooh, I kind of like Brian Harmon over Aaron Wise. And wow, Adam I've, Adam Scott. One of them. Adam Scott over Corey Connors minus 115 in a birdie fest. Like Corey Connors can't fucking putt. Fair point. 
And Can speaking of sexy, this is the sexiest band on tour, Adam Scott. That's a good point. All right. Ooh, well. Keegan over Horschel. I mean, Horschel, I looked at his course history here. Let me just pull it up real quick, I think. I just want to find it. Yeah, it's complete doo-doo. He's, he's played here four times in the last five years. He's gone 23rd, 24th, 25th, 11th. Like, fucking atrocious. Well, let's see what Keegan's done, though. Where are you, Mr. Keegan? Holy shit. Oh, he's terrible also. Oh, he's only played here once in the last five years, so like, that, that's that. Okay, anyways, we will wrap this up. Uh, did you see a first-round leader yet? I mean, there's really no waves here. Yeah, so I, dude. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, yeah, Tom Hoagie, 45 to 1. That's an auto <laughs> first-round leader. No, literally, this is like he he's come – he leads he leads the PGA Tour in first-round leads over the last, like, nine years because he catch it. Like, I think he's done it, like – or, sorry. Right. Not, he's done it like nine times over the past like eight years, something crazy. Like take him every single first round, like for every single first round, every tournament he plays and you're going to be profitable, especially at like an elevated number like this, 45 to one. But other than him, which of course that's happening. I do like, uh, I don't ever go low. I don't think I'm going to take it, but JT 16 to one sounds pretty nice. He always gets off the hot starts here. And of course I'd have to go Cam Young. Who's another one who's going to be a parental first round leader, hall of famer in my personal record book. Wow. Hall of Famer. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, no props this week. I got no DP World Tour action for everybody out there. We got two more weeks till the European Tour shakes out. Hey, follow my brother, Jared. Where are they going to follow you on Twitter? At Jared P underscore. Don't forget the underscore. Don't forget the underscore. You can also follow me at B Plotnik Sports on Twitter. I'm that guy. But my brother's the, eh, you know, I, I'm super into the PGA tour. Um, but I honestly, I think I'm going to try a new niche here. I'm the European tour sharp. Yeah. I said what I said. Uh, I mean, hey. after, in the swing season, I just decided to pivot. I was sick of the PGA for a little bit and hit four winners in about six or seven weeks. So, Hey, stick to what you're good at. Love it. Got to stick to your guns. That makes a good duo for us. And, uh, I'm fired up for this year. Let's get going. Let's get off to a hot start and back-to-back years. Let's start off the year with a winner, huh? That'll do it for this edition of Golf Picks of the Plotniks. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>